Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. So what are you expecting in church tonight? Are you expecting for a good old time? Are you expecting to hear from God? Are you expecting um, that God would speak to you? Because I know that when I come to church, I don't want to come to church just to, to meet you guys as good and as nice and as beautiful as you are, or handsome as you are. But I want to connect with God. Yeah. I have got to connect with God. And when I'm in worship, see if something distracts me. Again, this is not my notes. If something distracts me, it's annoying because I want to worship God. I want to give God everything because he deserves everything. Everything that I have, he deserves And what we're speaking about tonight is the gift of peace, okay? Now, when I was a young child, um, and that wasn't that long ago, when I was a young child, you know, we used to do lots of family adventures. We'd go off camping, we'd go off um, yachting one time, actually. Um, I was sharing a story up in Inverness um, a couple of weeks back when I was up there. And when we were yachting, sounds very grand, doesn't it? (laughs) We were yachting. We're actually in a boat, but if I say yacht, then you, you get what I'm saying, okay? This yacht, it was, um, it must have been about 20, no, 30 feet long, maybe more. And this yacht was our, our holiday, okay? Now, we we're going to just be on this for a couple of days. The plan was apparently to go and visit some islands, but I think that plan was put paid very, very early on. And what we actually ended up doing was headed out onto the sunset, which everyone, it was amazing. But then when the sunset started to go down, it was like, okay, time to go back. We're not going to go and do the, the, the visit around the, these different islands. But the reason that I'm telling you this is, you know, we went out into the sunset. And if anyone has ever, you know, been the captain of the boat, and, you know, I have been the captain of the boat. <laughs> I was there, and I think it was my turn to, to lead the boat back. All, all my brothers and sisters, they got a shot as well. So they kind of headed out, and I, I brought the boat back in. And um, I remember saying to, um, where was it? I was there with one of our church friends at the time, who was also uh, my cub leader. He was my cub leader, um, Kevin, his name was, Kevin his name was, and <laughs> not this Kevin. Now Kevin, he was, he was such a good guy, such a, he was such a, a guy who he would, he would really encourage you, he would, he would push you, he would challenge you, because bear in mind, I'm a cub. And I want to impress the cub leader, you know. And, um, you know, he was saying, you can, you can take that helm and you can just, you know, do this with the rudder and it will go this way or we'll go that way. And, you know, when you're a kid and you're steering this thing, you know, no one's really watching you. Because they're like, oh, he's just steering it straight. But every now and again, I'd be steering over here and you could just feel the boat go that way. Or you'd steer this when you feel the boat go the other way. And I remember part of the way, we were probably about, I don't know, a quarter of a mile from where, the, where we were meant to jetty. Again, that sounds very grand, doesn't it? <laughs> I can assure you it wasn't. But anyway, we were there, okay, and all of a sudden I was feeling this heaviness come on the rudder. And I'm like, ah, Kevin, there's something strange here. I'm not able to control this boat. You know, look, it's literally not moving. So he kind of has a look around and doesn't, doesn't really see anything or identify with anything. Now, as we go on, so we're probably about 10, 10 minutes from the shore and we are, 
we're still, we're kind of struggling to steer now. And we're seeing that we're coming to some very beautiful yachts. So when I say beautiful yachts, I mean very beautiful yachts, okay? And I'm not able to steer this, 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 this yacht that we have, this 20-foot, sorry, 30-foot yacht. And um, lo and behold, what happened is our dinghy that was being towed behind was actually beneath the water, and it was acting, and it was dragging us. It was literally being dragged in, and it was stopping us from being able to steer this, um, this very um, lovely boat that we were in, or yacht that we were in. And when that became evident, I think it was actually my dad and Kevin trying to lean over the side and tip the or pull, pull, the, pull the dinghy in and then tip it so that we could actually haul the whole dinghy up on board and then we'll be able to control the boat again. Now, after trying all of that, we eventually, eventually got to, um, got to the point where the dinghy was on board and we had retained control of the, um, of the boat. But unfortunately, it wasn't in sufficient time to prevent a <laughs> smack. So the front of our boat met the very beautiful boat uh, with all my dad's effort. And I think it was my dad that was up at the front of the boat trying to just dampen the effect of our, our grand boat going into his grand boat. Um, this boat uh, basically received a mark. Now, thank God no one was on that boat, okay? And I think, did we leave a, a note to say? We did leave a note, but no one ever phoned. No insurance policies were exchanged or anything like that. So obviously it was a scratch. But I want to tell you there's things in each one of our lives that are just like this dinghy. This dinghy is under the water. It's unseen and it's dragging us along. It's holding us back from where we need to be going and what we need to be doing. You know, that dinghy is or would have been our lifeline should there have been an issue with, that, with, with the yacht that we had. But unfortunately... It was in a position where it had been unloved, it wasn't being looked at, and because of that, you could obviously see that the water was coming on board, and eventually, well, you know the story. Now, that's not the end of the story, okay? So the end of the story is we then have to um, circle round, now we have control of the boat, circle round and come to the jetty. And when I say jetty, like I say, it was literally stepping off onto the ground, okay? It wasn't a jetty. But as we did this, again, for some reason, and I think this was me, I think for some reason, you know, it wasn't a case of women and children first. It was a case of grabbing the lunchbox. <laughs> and my dad, again, he was on shore, literally grabbing the lunchbox and going, there you go, dad, take that. And we went round again so that the boat didn't have to stop. So we literally circled again until basically everyone then came back and disembarked the boat. Praise God, no one got injured, no one got hurt in the telling of that story, okay? But I want to tell you there's things that we carry that we think are important and we try to deal with them, but they're actually not important. These are what are called distractions for your life, okay? Every single one of us, we have distractions in our life. And I want to tell you it's those distractions that we want to put down, these are distractions. These things here, these are distractions. Yes, we need them, but there are things in our lives that hold us back. And what we're not doing is we're not focusing on what God has got for our lives. You know, God, he cares about your health and he cares about your relationship with him. Amen. Right, so we're going to turn to the Bible. And we're going to read from the first verse, which is Philippians 
and Philippians 4, verse 6 to 9. And this is the, the verse that we've been reading over the series. Now, you know, peace is, is such a huge topic. And the, the fact that, that peace is being spoken in the lead up to Christmas, I'm just so chuffed. I'm just so happy that, that we're doing it because actually peace isn't just a word that, that we would teach on and, and, and speak about, but it's a, it's, a, it's a word that we need to receive for our lives. Yeah. We need to receive it so that actually we can apply it. And when we apply it, we would then walk in the freedom that God had ordained for us. Amen. So here's Philippians 4 verse 6. It says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever Whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. What a great verse. You know, the first thing that I want to pull out tonight is that very, very last verse where it says, the things that you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. Yeah. Do you know, those words, you know what they highlight? They highlight that it's okay to copy people. Yeah. It's okay to copy people. It's okay to see that someone is doing something for you to take that thing on board and go, fabulous, I'm going to learn from that. You know, if Paul can speak and encourage us to, to do these things, then it's okay. So hopefully that has helped someone in here. It's yeah. okay to copy people. But coming back to the, the gift of peace, okay? So what is a gift? A gift is a, a, a thing given willingly to someone without payment. And peace, in the dictionary it says, is freedom from war and violence or a state of not being interrupted or annoyed by worry, problems, noise, or unwanted actions. You know, when I think about all of that, okay, you know, you try and package it together and every single one of, one of us wants to have an easy life, don't we? Every single one of us want to have an easy life. We want to make sure that we can look after our families. We want to make sure that we have um, enough to, to pay our bills. We want to make sure that we have good relationships with people. These are the things that we would think are important. And do you know, God, for our lives, he has got the best. You know, I know that some famous people have said, the best is yet to come. Yeah. Tell your neighbor, the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come for your life. The best is yet to come. See what you think right now for your life. I bet you think you're in the high place. You think you're in the high place? I want to tell you the best is yet to come. You think you're in the low place? I want to tell you the best is yet to come for your life. Our God is a God of peace. So I want to take us to a story, okay? And this is a story that speaks of um, uh, Jacob and Esau over in Genesis 33. And if you can bear with, we are just going to read through. Okay, so it's Genesis 33, verse 1. It says, Now Jacob lifted his eyes and looked, and there Esau was coming. And with him were 400 men. So he divided the children among Leah 
Rachel and the two maidservants, and he put the maidservants and their children in front, Leah and her children behind, and Rachel and Joseph last. Then he crossed over before them and bowed himself to the ground seven times until he came near to his brother. But Esau ran to meet them, meet him and embraced him, fell on his neck, sounds a bit sore, and, <laughs> and kissed him, and they wept. And he lifted his eyes and saw the woman and children and said, Who are these with you? So he said, The children with whom God has graciously given your servant. Then the maidservants came near, they and their children, and bowed down. And Leah also came near with her children, and they bowed down. Afterward, Joseph and Rachel came near, and they bowed down. Then he saw, said, What do you mean by all this company which I meet? And he said, these are to find favor in the sight of my Lord. But Esau said, I have enough, my brother. Keep what you have for yourself. And Jacob said, no, please, if I have now found favor in your sight, then receive my present from my hand inasmuch as I have seen your face as though I had seen the face of God and you were pleased with me. Please take my blessing that is with you because God has dealt graciously with me and because I have enough, so he urged him and he took it back. Then Esau said, let us take our journey. Let us go and I will go before you. You know, this is a story that speaks of a gift, a present that, that Esau, um, sorry, that Jacob had for Esau. And, you know, to cut a very long story short, you know, you can go to Genesis 28 and read it right through. But I love the fact that Jacob in the Bible, he's the one, he's got like the bad credibility. You know, he's the one that's kind of dissed his brother. He's the one that's, that's taken the, the birthright. He's the one that's, that's taken the, the, the blessing that should have gone to the older brother. And um, he's the one that everyone's kind of paying attention to. And I'm looking at the story now going, no one speaks about Esau. No one says, oh, poor old Esau, look at him. He's, he's, uh, he's been robbed or he's been wronged. But it's all, about, it's all about Jacob. It's all about what Jacob did. So here's the thing. Jacob is a bit of a mongrel. Yeah? He's a bit of a mongrel. And you know what's happened with, with, with taking the birthright and, and, and taking the blessing? He set himself up for some, probably for some not so nice things to happen further down the line. But if we read earlier, it also speaks about when these guys were first born, it was spoken that the elder would serve the younger. Now, this is totally against tradition of that time, okay? It was always that the younger would serve the older. It would never be the elder serve the younger. So here we go, okay? Jacob is a bit of a, he's a, bit of a scoundrel. But listen to this. Genesis 28 speaks about Jacob's ladder. Okay, so basically Jacob has a dream. He sees angels ascending and descending. <clears throat> Excuse me, during the dream. How cool is that? Yeah? Remember, he's a wee bit of a scoundrel. Genesis 29, Jacob sees Rachel. Guess who Rachel ends up being? He ends up being his wife. After that, Jacob then goes to um, some family members, to a guy called Laban, Okay, and it speaks about this in Genesis 29. So for him to get his wife, he has to go and speak to Laban and say, I'm going to serve under you for seven years. And then after the end of seven years, I'm going to get my wife. I'm going to get Rachel. But guess what Laban did to him? 
Laban did the dirty. Laban said, look, here's the younger sister, because I'm not letting the, the other one go, because the older one needs to go first, so you can have Leah first. So guess what's just happened to Jacob? He's had it twisted back on himself, you know? Some of those things that he, he did, you know, those, those, those um, receiving the blessing and receiving the birthright, it's been twisted back on him. And then it's a whole other seven years that he needs to go through. Imagine waiting seven years for you. <laughs> Honey, seven years. But then, but then Callum gives me another daughter. That would have been, gives me another wife. That would have been, that'd been rubbish. 14 years to wait for my wife. Actually, I think I waited 26, so that's probably worse than 14. But then the third thing, then the third thing that, that, they, that he had to do was after another six years, he was then able to take some of the, the fruit of the land. He was, he was able to take some of the, 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 the sheep and the, and, the, and the other animals that were um, of Laban's flocks. So how amazing that after a 20-year period, Jacob was then able to get the things that he is wanting to get. You know, he's wanting, he's wanting a wife. He's wanting, he's wanting a wife that's going to encourage him and a wife that's going to absolutely knock his socks off. And... Um, all of these things happen to Jacob. So here's the next one, Genesis 31, verse 41. And it says, Jacob says to Laban, you've made me work these seven years for Leah and Rachel, and then six years for the flocks. So that's 20 years in total. I think he's kind of been hard done by, hasn't he? 20 years, that's awful. The next one says, Genesis 32, verse 7. So Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed. Why was he distressed? You know, there's a whole, there's a whole, um, a whole story going on here. See, when you want to reap things that you think you're entitled to, it's never going to be easy, is it? The story of what you have to go through is never written. Written. You know, even for for pastors Kevin and Cheryl, when they came to Aberdeen, yeah, they came to Aberdeen with a dream in their heart to plant a church twenty something years ago. All the things between planting and here and now today was never revealed to them. Never revealed to them. How amazing that God keeps these things from us because he wants us to set off on the adventure that he has for us. But you know, Kevin and Cheryl, I was down at conference and um, I was speaking to some other pastors down at conference and... I could tell you their names, but it was all kind of Polish to me or, or Slovak or whatever they were called. But I want to tell you, people speak about you guys as being the best of the best. They say the exact words were, this was after he coughed, because I think he had a cold. He said, <laughs> he said, Kevin, senior pastors Kevin and Cheryl, they are the best of the best in this movement yeah. and I took that and I kept it in my heart and I'm like wow we have got the best of the best there are people in our church organization in our church network that speak about Kevin and Cheryl as being the best of the best Kevin and Cheryl there are people speaking about you guys all across the world there are people speaking about you why because you've left a mark. You've left a mark that no one can, they cannot deny. You've touched their lives. 
I can tell you even the guy who I was speaking to um, afterwards, but he said, these pastors are the best of the best. And he stepped back and he goes, look at them. <laughs> look at them. So see if you can get a reputation that goes before you. Yeah. How much more would you be influential in the things that God has caused you? Because with respect... There was a man that I was speaking to, okay? And the man seen the gift on, yeah. on these guys' lives. But imagine what God says for your life. What does God say for your life? What does he say for your life and my life? Because every single one of us, we have got different paths to lead. Now, I'm going to give you very quickly, okay? Because I know that time is going. I'm going to give you seven, no, eight. Eight points about how... The process looks in order for us to receive, excuse me, we receive peace. Because what we're talking about tonight is peace, okay? So the first one, and these are all ours. These are pretty cool. <laughs> I worked this out. I worked this out myself, okay? <laughs> and with two of them, you'll understand my R, okay? We'll just say that. So the first one is, coming back to the story, there's always wrong parties when there's no peace. <laughs> there's always wronged parties when there's no peace and the same with um, Jacob and Esau those two guys there was a wrong in there one was blessed one was not one received the birthright one did not so you can understand why Esau was a little bit aggrieved and that he wanted to kill Jacob I think I'd probably be the same but here's the thing <laughs> but here's the thing there's always two sides to every story. Yeah. And there's always a story for what God has got for your life. Yeah. There's a story of what God has got for your life. Not what people have got for your life, but what God has got for your life. And if we're in a place that we give up any areas of wrong thoughts, wrong doings, wrong thinkings, I want to tell you we position ourselves above and not beneath. So here's the next R. There is a repositioning that needs to happen. You know, when, when, when Jacob had his dream, when he laid down his head and he, he had the dream about the, the, the angels ascending and descending, he was being repositioned. Because I'm sure that when he left, he was, he was away looking, he was away searching for what, what was going to happen next for his life. But for us to reposition ourselves... You know, it's not, just about, it's not just about our mind, but it's about our heart. You know, coming back to the first verse in Philippians that we spoke about, we were speaking about guarding our hearts and guarding our minds. These are the things, when everything and pressure comes against us, these are the areas that we want to think about and cover. We want to guard our hearts and guard our minds. Guard our hearts and guards our minds, okay? And that's spoken about in Genesis 28, verse 19. The next one, you're going to like this one. The third R is, there's always a Rachel. There's always a Rachel. Now, in my instance, there's always a Ruth. But there's always, there's always a Rachel for your life, okay? Now, it might not necessarily be a wife or a husband, but there's always that thing that you're looking for. There's always that thing that you are trusting God for. You know, every single one of us would want a husband or we'd want a wife at some point. But God, he's in the position of giving us a Rachel, even when we're not expecting it. Even when we're not expecting it. So for you guys and girls out there who are looking for relationship, you're looking for your spouses. I love what Tim Pastor Steve did. You know, he, pull, he pulled up my son Josh and he says, we're going to have to pray for your wife. Fabulous. 
I pray for my son and my daughter's partners all the time. These are the things that we need to do now because they're our priority. You know, even when we call in our wives, our husbands, we have to call them in because we want and God wants, he demands godly offspring. He doesn't just want any offspring. He wants godly offspring. So when you're marked, Joshua Taylor, you are marked. You are marked. Amen. There's a running away. That's the next star, okay? Jacob ran away from Laban. You know, even after he he went through those 20 years, in the end, he ran away. Because 20 years is a long time to wait for your wife, um, to to wait for a second wife. Actually, who wants a second wife? (laughs) I just want one wife. I don't want two wives. I want one wife because one is more than enough. (laughs) Amen. One is more than enough. But see the thing with, after the wife, then Jacob got, get to, got to take away the, the flocks. And that, that speaks of the, the, the inheritance. That speaks of the, 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 the fruit that he would be entitled to because he worked for Laban. But again, he could only get that because Laban has said, you may take it. And here's the thing. Why did he run away? You know, every one of us have relationships that we would always say that, yes, we can get better with our relationships, or, hey, this relationship's going really good, or, or whatever. But it speaks in the Bible about that the countenance of Laban changed. And we didn't speak about that, okay? We didn't read it, but the countenance of Laban changed. And when you see that an attitude forms in, in someone, it gets, you, it gets you to think, I wonder if there's a change. I wonder if there's something that needs to change in this scenario. Because there's a running away that doesn't have to happen but in this this instance it did happen so here's the next one it's the fifth one okay it's a wrestling with God okay the fifth R is a wrestling with God Genesis 32 um, verse 22 it speaks about when when Jacob wrestled with God you know I don't know about you God he's omnipotent he's omniscient he's omnipresent I am just amazed that Jacob was absolutely able to have a wrestle with God. Because when I hear and I think about how amazing God is and his abilities, you know, I've heard stories of, you know, God does that and an angel smacks against the wall for whatever he did. I don't know that I want to muck about with that sort of God. (laughs) Yeah, but yet Jacob wrestled with God And because he could not overcome, because both of them could not overcome each other, Jacob, he got his hip knocked out of place. What a a mark to be left with. You know, you've encountered God, you've seen him, you've wrestled him, and you're left with a mark. God, he has got great things for us. Why does he leave us with a mark? Because he wants us to know that we've had an encounter with him. You know, each and every one of us, we need to encounter God, not today, not yesterday, not tomorrow, but we need to encounter him right now. You know, when I say not today, not tomorrow, there has to be, we always want to be chasing more of God and, and asking him for, 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 for meeting us. We need to see him break through, amen. The next one is there's always a renaming. See when you meet God, 
Jacob's name was changed from Jacob to Israel in the same way as Abraham's name was changed to, from Abraham, Abraham to Abraham. And in the same way as um, Sarai's name was changed to Sarah. When you encounter God, there's a renaming. And what does that do? That picks you up. It gives you a new title. It gives you a new position of authority. It gives you something that you can tap into that you know that is gone, that door is closed, but now I'm heading on to new things and what God has got for our lives. And it speaks about that in Genesis 32, verse 28. The next R is the second last, and it's reconciliation. There's always a reconciliation. Like Pastor Kevin was saying this morning, you know, there's um, a place where there has to be an agreement, and when there's a falling out, there has to be a coming back, and there has to be a, a reconciliation. And I love the verse that we spoke in Genesis 34, where Esau ran to meet him, he embraced him, and he fell on his neck. You know, if you think about the story, Jacob, he was, he was the guy who just did the things that he shouldn't have done. You know, he shouldn't have got the blessing, he shouldn't have got the, 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 he shouldn't have got the blessing, and he shouldn't have got the, what was the other thing? The birthright, thank you. He shouldn't have got those two things. And yet he's the one, he's the one that Esau, Esau made a, made a statement to say, I'm coming to get you. Jacob should have been running a mile. And you can understand why he is one who, um, who, who, didn't, who didn't step forward. You know, he sent his family, he sent his wives, and he sent his children. You go and just, you know, you just head him off at the pass. I think I'd probably have been the same. You know, if someone was chasing after me, I'd be like, honey, you just go. Yeah, you take care of it. You know, Josh, you just go. You take care of it. Nah, you just go. You take care of it. But no, Esau, Esau had the audacity. You know, you'd have thought he'd have wanted to kill him, which I can understand why Jacob felt the way he did. But Esau... He obviously met God in a different way. And we don't hear the story that Esau had. We only hear the story of, of, of Jacob. But Esau, his attitude was transformed. The things that he was looking for, he didn't want any recompense. He didn't want to see anything. He just wanted to meet his brother, greet his brother, and bring absolute restoration. And that tells me that he encountered God. He encountered God. So there's situations that every single one of you maybe believe in God for. You know, you're believing for family to get saved. You're believing for family to be touched. Maybe even yourself to be touched, to be healed, to be restored. There's nothing stopping you. There's nothing stopping you in receiving that for your life right now. And then the very last one is to receive the gift. That's the eighth hour. You know, every single one of us, there's a gift that God has got for us. And that gift is called Jesus Christ. He is a person. He loves you. He has got great plans for you. I love the verse in Jeremiah that says he's got plans to give you a future and plans to give you a hope. How amazing that we would tap into that. I wonder if we can stand to our feet. So Jesus is the Prince of Peace. I love the song by Hillsongs that um, it, it speaks about the Prince of Peace. And if I could sing, I'd sing it for you, but I'm not going to. <laughs> But Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And see the thing with a prince. Can I just grab my jacket? The thing with a prince, yeah? A prince has different abilities, different talents, okay? 
I'm just putting my jacket on for those who are listening on podcast. So the jacket is on, and the prince has authority in certain areas. One of Jesus' titles is that he is the prince of peace. He's also other things, but we're speaking about peace tonight. And when Jesus encounters you as the prince of peace, what he does is he gives you the peace that you're looking for. I'm just going to put it on to Ruth. There is a peace. There is a peace that Jesus gives. And he gives, and he gives, and he gives. Because he knows that you need peace. He knows that you need peace. So when you are looking to God, what are you looking to God for? I don't know your stories. What are you looking to God for? Because this series, we're speaking about peace. In the lead up to Christmas, God, he does not make mistakes with your life. When God speaks, he ministers. When God gives, he gives to overflowing. When God blesses, he blesses abundantly more than you can even ask think or imagine and there's a piece that every single one of us can claim for our lives right now thanks for listening if you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times then don't forget to visit our website www.thejunctionchurch.com god bless